In every age, God raises people up to speak the truth to the world in a way that is currently relevant. Though our opinions should not be held with the same esteem as the biblical canon, we still carry the hope of Christ to the world. Our society has forgotten what it means to follow Christ. The bright lights of truth seekers are barely visible in the dim twilight of a post-Judeo-Christian society. We all see the darkness coming. All we can hope is to share the light that he has entrusted to us. This is Modern Apocrypha. Hey, I'm Jared. And I'm Greg. And this is Modern Apocrypha. Welcome. Oh, so we're going to continue on with a, uh, a bit of a discussion about uh, male and female relationships, uh, bringing in the topic of uh, MGTOW is a, uh, a group of, well, a, a men's group. Um, it, it has a, a large number of factions, but certainly I think a good place to start on uh, the political ramifications of relationships might be just to uh, look at proper relations and positions for male and female as presented um, in scripture. Sure. So what do you, what is your thoughts on where, well, where, we, where this, we start as a good foundation? This is, this is going to alienate a lot of people. I know it is because everybody has really strong opinions on this, but bear with me on it because I think, I think this is actually really important and it's something our society has gotten pretty wrong. So when God created us, he created us male and female. He made us for different purposes, for different, um, to be different ways. And it's like when, when people say men and women are equal, that's kind of a stupid statement because God made us to be both important, but he didn't actually make us, he didn't actually make us equal. That's a, that's a null word when it comes to men and women's relationships, because we're, we're not made to be or to do the same things. God made men to fit a particular mold. And, and when we talk about this, obviously people are different. Obviously we're going to have differences. My wife and I laugh a lot of times about the ways that I act like the typical female generalization and she acts <laughs> like the typical male generalization. It's just the way it is. We're all different. We all have different personalities, different differences. And and it's like Jordan Peterson likes to say, there's more differentiation within the sexes than there is between the sexes. But that said, God still did make us for different purposes. And what I mean by that goes something like this. When... When men are fulfilling the roles that God put them or made them to fulfill, they're generally going to be happier. Male roles are to be a provider, to work, to, to toil in a way that is productive for themselves and everybody around them to create things from the environment, okay? That's a male 
dominated role. And guys generally are more interested in things. They're more interested in how things work than they are, than women are. Okay. Women are, God created them to be the help me, to be the guy's other half. That doesn't mean that women are somehow less than men. If anything, the opposite is sort of true. You know, the Bible says, Paul says in the New Testament, that as man is the glory of God, woman is the glory of man. What does that mean? It means that as men, we are to hold up and to see women as being more important than ourselves in so many ways. We're to hold well, them above, above us in terms of what we place importance on and what we what we value. And, and this is interesting. We just talked about this in a previous episode uh, about the idea that God's laws not needing necessarily to be written down except for being useful to know what they are, but they exist even if you didn't say them. Right? Even if you didn't say it, even if you didn't define it, that's the way things are. You're right. If you look at it, that's exactly if you look right. at if you look at women in technology, um, Carol Babbage was doing it for her husband. Um, uh, many women do it because of a love for their father, and right? it's oftentimes um, not necessarily for that scientific topic that they're they're researching. Right. It's, it's not as topic. much the thing that they're interested in. It's more the people, often. Uh, often, often right well and, and again and, yeah we're again not more variation everybody all the time yeah. right there's more variation within but but at the same time it's also it's also fair to say that when we talk about relationships if you're well let me stop you there yeah so here's you just said relationships and a second ago you were just talking about the natural um state of men and women now we're moving into the pairing of men and women in that natural state and how do you get from the way we are to how do we get along together because those right. are different things well and and they are different things but it is also attached to how god made us because god made eve after adam was lonely right it it wasn't that it wasn't that he made two separate creatures that, exactly. It was that he made them to be in relationship. That was part of the deal from the beginning. And without okay. without Eve, Adam was incomplete and lonely and it wasn't good. That was the first thing that God called not good. Before sin ever entered the world, God saw that Adam was lonely, he was alone, and that wasn't good. So... Okay, so let's take this to, um, what's the passage that says um, Jesus uh, had been traveling and he got to a water well and he wanted to use the, the cup to, to dip down you know, the 60 feet to get the water out of the well. And he spoke to a woman and said, you're not married to one, you have five husbands. Mm -hmm. What's that passage? Um, the Yeah, the, the Samaritan woman at the well. It's a commonly known right. story. Mm-hmm. Commonly known story. In that concept, how do you find a partner if they are, if your your partner to be is partnered with four others? Yeah, and and I, what I would say is that this is where we could talk about this subject for fifty hours, not just fifty minutes. This is. 
This well, is and this to me is the topic of Midtown. This to me is the topic of um, well the political fight for how about we come how about we come at it this um, way. We've talked about knowing them by their fruits, right? About how we know that things are good by the results that they carry in society, the results that they carry in the world. We can see that our modern society and the relationships between men and women are broken. They're bad compared to the way they have often been in the past. And even compared to other cultures in the world right now, America has bad fruit. Okay. Mm. And we can see that in people all around us. I don't, when I was growing up, being divorced was a lot rarer than it is today. And in some ways that was a bad thing, but mostly the, when people are still together, that's a good thing because God, there's, there's a thing where we see in scripture, Christ says that being divorced is not the way it was intended to be, that men and women were not intended to be divorced, that once that thing is done, when God has put something together, you don't take it apart again, right? That's, that's actually really important. So our society is not bearing good fruit. So we can say that the way, the way we're taught to approach relationships has some serious problems and we need to, we need to actually throw away a lot of what we know, what we know in order to get to back to something good. Can we, could we start there? Okay. Well, I think that part of the problem I see is that people are not devoting themselves to that person in front of them, um, getting to uh, who they are before they commit, um, giving themselves themselves time to know someone before um, building that mental image of who they are. They, they Guys will hold a girl up on a pedestal. Sure. And, that and vice versa. Imagination. Mm, I, that's not scientifically proven. I've but, seen it. Well, that's once she's uh, uh, bonded for sure, but it's not ubiquitous. It's not across the board in the same way that it seems to be okay. for men. You did not grow up in the same culture I did. One of the common tropes in the in the more fundamentalist Christian culture growing up was that this whole purity movement. And when you look at what happened there, where it ended up was exactly what you just said. Girls would hold guys up on a pedestal. They would assume that they're marrying Prince Charming. They get married. They find out the guy's abusive and he leaves them a couple of years later. I know a girl this happened to. So I see. No. Yeah, you're right that men tend to hold women up on pedestals, but the, the reverse is also true in a healthier culture. And I would say that holding it up on a pedestal would be defined by even if they do something wrong, you justify that wrong as good. Right? So she uh, noticed the bad, saw it as bad. She wasn't brainwashed. She wasn't uh, holding him up on a pedestal. She oh, had she did idea. for a very she long time. Idea. Okay. She had an idea on a pedestal and he didn't meet that idea. Right. As Whereas men put the actual female on the pedestal and whatever she does is okay. There's a difference there. Well, okay. So no, I, I would say the way men and women see the opposite sex tends to be a little different by 
by nature in some sense. So yes, that's you're you're right that women will tend to catch that first, but but for guys there's still the same thing. You're still holding up an idea there instead of her and refusing to see her. So it's just guys get more tenacious about it when they do it. That's fair. Well, and this speaks to, I pulled up this information from our uh, founding fathers. I believe it was Thomas Jefferson um, married a slave, quote unquote. Um, and he took her to England and it was illegal, right? It, she was not a slave while she was there. And then she voluntarily came back and quote unquote was a slave. The idea that the world can tell you what your position is in your relationship is false. Yeah. She didn't believe the right? She didn't believe the uh, label put on her. She was a wife. It doesn't matter what the world calls me. My husband treats me right. And so the Thomas Jefferson marriage, irregardless, and I've brought this up before, would you uh, marry me in Saudi Arabia where the, the child uh, ownership laws are 100% in the man's favor as opposed to here where they're 100% in the female's favor? You know, do, could, you, could you accept your relationship without the power? And if you could find a woman that it wouldn't matter where you are, you're going to treat your, each other the same, no matter where, uh, no matter what the laws are of the land. And if you look at the way that the Jewish nation has, uh, its diaspora has operated throughout the, the history, they've treated each other the same, despite the country they're in. Right? So they are doing that. And when we lose that, and we say, we should listen to Roseanne Barr, or Madonna, or, you know, The View, or Candace Owens, or right, sure. pick somebody, listen, listen to someone outside of who's in the relationship, that's the problem I see that that we're trying to combat. Right? Well, to a degree, to a degree. And here we may have a disagreement because the way I see it is something like this, that when we act toward the roles that God put in place for us, when I act toward being the provider and the protector and the... Um, the, dis the, the primary disciplinarian for the kids and the leader, when I act toward those things, even when I'm not inclined toward them, God seems to bless that. He seems to, he seems to enable me to get where I need to go over time. Where the same is true for my wife. When, when she acts toward being my help me when she acts toward being my, um, you know, the mom of my kids, my wife, my house, the keeper of my house. I, I was going to say housekeeper, but that's got the wrong connotations. She is, she is the lady of my house. She keeps mm -hmm. my house. And when she acts toward those things, God enables her and makes, makes it better for her. Okay. And, the other thing that I would like to say here real quick is just to, to get this out in front of us is that being married, being in a relationship with your other half, with the, the person you're supposed to stay with, to cling to, is hard. It's the hardest <laughs> thing that we do as human beings. There is no exception to this. There is no, yeah, yeah, there are people who have good marriages, but that marriage is still you know, if I have a problem with my dad, 
I don't have to live with my dad. I can walk away. I can I can be somewhere else. I, I have a measure of distance I can put between me and everybody else. When you start putting distance between yourself and your spouse over a per- over any sort of period, things don't end well relationally. That's not a good thing. And that is a hard thing because we are two separate people and living together, being together is the hardest thing we do. So there is no question of that. And do I blame people who have failed at that? Not one bit, but be honest, we all fail at times, but man, this, when you look at being married, you have to approach it as this is the hardest thing I do and it deserves the lion's share of my attention all the time because otherwise I'm going to fail no matter what. And I feel like that is um, incredibly important for setting up your foundations. And once you've got your foundations set and you're working towards the same goals and you are all, and this may not stay um, um, equal, you know, at the same level throughout every year of your life, but you, you certainly will have the, uh, a large amount of time where you're okay to get that distance because you're, you don't have to put as much time to maintain. Right. Right. What I mean path. by, well, that, I don't know. I don't even know that I want to say that. And here's, here's why I say this, you know, I've been married for 15 years. I've got six kids. Um, mm-hmm. And what I would say is that it is more important to be intentional about maintaining the time we spend together now than it was when we were first married. Not because we need the same amount of time because you're right. We don't, but because it's actually a lot harder to get the time now than it was then. And I'm sure that'll but, get easier once important. the kids are grown up, but maybe not. But how important know. is it to, how important is it? Um, for example, I'm going to bring up your book again, sure. your, uh, your bright star um, uh, presentation. You may spend six hours at the keyboard getting this thing done, which is away from the family, but at the same time, you've taken the time to explain the situation of why you're doing it, why, where the time is being usefully used for the family, right? So sure, sure. you're not no, next and, and to, but you, you you're right. That you know, it her. isn't like, it isn't once as you build habits and, and it's the same for any habit you build, as you build habits, those habits get to be more and more automatic and easier and easier to do as time goes on. Just hopefully they're good habits, right? So you're right. As time goes on, you don't have to put the same amount of maintenance into something that you had to, to establish it. That's true. And you can also, um, work towards a goal for your, um, unit for your family unit. Um, and please, your spouse in the, uh, as if you were doting on them. Um, and oftentimes, right. There are times that they will have needs for doting, right. That just happens. But if, if you're not in a, uh, emotional breaking point that does, ju- that does just happen, we just had a, a son age out of the house and go to college. And that's been something that I've had to, to offer yep. some condolence for my, for my spouse to, you sure. know, so can, can we, again, before <clears throat> we, before we get too much further, can we touch on, something that is sort of core to the way our society sees traditional marriage roles. That's kind of a problem. Sure. What do you mean? Okay. There's this notion of women submitting to their husbands and how that's a 
somehow wrong or terrible. And what I would say is we core to that relationship, core to how to build a healthy relationship is the way that men and women as husband and wife are called to interact. And I, the core principles are these two things. First, it's women submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. There is no qualification on that. It is just the instruction. Okay. But the other one, the one for guys is men love your wives and give your life for them as Christ did for the church. And I would look at all of that in a, it is what it is. You can't change it. That's natural law. If you've got someone who has not done that, then they're not your wife. Don't marry them. Mm, I don't think you can say that. I don't think you can say that because I've seen too many relationships where they were married. It was God's intent and they weren't acting that way. So let me just, let me just lay out what those things mean real quick so that people don't get the wrong idea, because this is an easy one to misunderstand. Okay. Please. So I have an aunt whose husband was not a Christian and she says she wasn't a Christian when she married him. Um, and she came to know the Lord in a real way. And for years, for decades, she was a Christian who was married to a man who didn't know the Lord. He was acting ways that were just wrong. And she submitted to him. She, she did her best to follow that guideline. It's something I've always admired about her. And do you know what happened? On his deathbed, he came to know the Lord. And he did it through her. And he did it, I think, because she was faithful to do what she was commanded to do. And, guys, life is hard. Life is really, really hard when you're attached to somebody who's doing crazy things and acting in ways that are that are destructive. If you're a Christian and you marry another Christian, hopefully you have minimized that. But I know of cases where that's not true too, where somebody is a Christian or claims to be a Christian and is a total drunk. And <laughs> I mean, I, I've seen stupid, crazy people who I love dearly do crazy things and it took years for God to draw them back to where they were supposed to be. And in the cases of guys who I know who were like that, who stayed married and their wives were faithful, God used their wife to draw them. He used that wife's submission to convict and to draw that man back to where he needed to be. Okay? So through our sacrifice... Through their sacrifice for us, we are restored. Likewise, I have known men who, whose wives went totally nuts, started doing things that should have gotten them committed to an insane asylum, not exaggerating, getting, getting protective services called on the kids because the woman is just totally out of control crazy. The guy doesn't know what the heck to do, but 
he stayed faithful to her. He stayed married to her. And over the next two decades, it took 20 years, 20 freaking years of her treating him like garbage, refusing to hold him as the head of the household, being like doing things like walking around cursing him. And, and he stayed faithful, stayed married. He did not put up with what she did. He did not give place to it and become a, a what would you call it, a henpecked husband. Instead, what he did is he, he tried his best to be faithful in being the leader, in being the head of the household, in telling her what he thought was appropriate and what wasn't, and not not giving ground where he shouldn't give ground, but being strong, staying strong. And 20 years, after 20 years, things started to come right. So through our sacrifice to each other, God uses that to bring the other person to the place where they are supposed to be. It is hard. It is long. It is not fun, but it is the most important thing we can do. And if you are in that situation, any of you, if you are in that situation, there are times when it's supposed to end. I have known of people who got divorced and that was what God wanted to happen, I could see it from the outside. It's like you can kind of see the fruit of things. That divorce actually brought good fruit. Okay, I've seen that happen. But that's the rarer occasion. Most of the time, what we're supposed to do is we're called to be faithful and God will use that in a powerful way. And good things come, good fruit comes. Well, I'm, I, I don't see how anybody um, of our faith could not agree with those sorts of concepts. Um, and, and I certainly agree with all of those concepts. On a real world, um, on the ground concern, though, yeah, how do you deal with the changing the myth, forcing the politic to accept those things to where... You don't have uh, where we've seen uh, one state go to another state, kidnap someone's son, take them over there and try and cut his manhood off while his father is screaming and hollering, making public appearances, suing, doing everything that you should do not to draw the sword on your neighbor. And yet barely scraping by with unimaginable resources at the problem that most people just don't even have. Yeah, that's where MGTOW comes in. And you I have to ask, what's the appropriate um, response? I could live with my wife without a document and be still be married just fine. I, I would nothing would change between my in my household, whether or not I had a, a, a USA document saying that was true or not. And, and I think the same is true of me today. On the other hand, when I first got married, having those incentives to stay together was critically important for me. Because and I, my question, my question or my problem with the what should be and what is, is we do we have a system that uh, 
uh, holds down or, or encourages or puts the incentives in place for men to stay, but is the exact opposite for the female to not stay. Well, and, and this is the reality of the culture we live in, that the, the incentives are so broken that that this whole thing is is blowing up in our faces because you're right the incentives in marriages right now are totally warped if if the culture said it is normal and healthy for a woman to stay at home and raise kids and keep the house be the be the master of the man's house not the master of his house. He is the master of his house. But but to be the keeper of the house, the lady of the house, if that were the culture and that were a respected position, then that incentive would help hold things the way they needed to be. And likewise for the guy, if he is incentivized to take care of and honor and cherish his wife, then that's a good thing. And we don't have that. And what we have to deal with right now is what we've got. So what I would say for people who are in a bad situation right now is remember the examples that I just gave. Those are real world examples. Where the rubber meets the road, that's what happened. God had to work in each individual situation to bring that about. And in your individual situation, I don't know what the answer is. Because God's got to deal with you. So you need to get close to God. You need to get real close to God, and he will direct your path if you get close to him, whatever your individual situation is. But if you haven't committed to somebody yet, get real prayerful about it. And as Greg said, get to know somebody for a good long time before you decide to commit to them if you're concerned. And I would say that for me, in my, in my relationship with my wife, there are three things that have been incredibly important. First off, if you both commit to put the other person first before yourself and you hold each other to that, that's the first step. The second step is to never be dishonest. The only, the only time you keep a secret is when you're getting them a gift, when you're doing it to surprise them for their... Uh, for their benefit. That's the only time you keep a secret. Other than that, you should be feeling guilty if you're keeping a secret. Okay. And then the third one is to not let bitterness build up. If you find a place where either you or the other person is getting bitter, resolve it. Talk, talk through it. Get outside perspective if you have to. Whatever you have to do, don't let that bitterness build up. Because if you do, it will poison your relationship and it will spread through the whole thing. So, and, and that's really hard. So don't do those three things and it can work. But you pretty much and have to have somebody that, who's committed to Christ to do that, it. Go ahead. I, I would say in that vein, um, make sure that you're honest. Make sure that you offer um, heartfelt apology and um, and receive heartfelt apology. Right? Don't just don't just hear an apology and, and blow it off. Right? Really accept it really accept it right if they change their mind they heard you don't don't get better right oh that that was understood good awesome not not fantastic not getting bitter is so critical to this because it that is why i see so many relationships end it's 
it's tragic. You know, I I wish that were where I was at. I'm, I'm afraid that where I feel like I see things, and, and this is horrible media propaganda, and um, those people that are on the internet are the loudest people, and that's probably a, a big portion of it. But I, I don't see that there's the initial commitment um, from either side necessarily, right? The, the initial commitment before jumping into relationships doesn't seem to be flowing very well. They, they, they depend on a piece of paper as if the piece of paper is the thing that they're standing on and not God's law. Well, you know, our, our, our culture is practicing for divorce. When, when, you, when you choose to be in a relationship with someone and you're sleeping with them before you're ever married and, you're, and then you decide to see whether it's going to work before you get married, you're practicing for ending a relationship. That's what you're practicing for over and over again. If instead you take, you take a period of time to get to know them and you can be their friend, you can be their best friend, and then you decide to step into a new dimension of relationship, then you're I way ahead. I agree with that on some level. The other side of it is that we live in really troubled times. If you're going through life and you're actively, uh, wholeheartedly looking for a positive relationship and it doesn't tend to work out, I, I don't know that there's a condemnation. Or there is. I, know. I do know there is a condemnation, but God is forgiven um, <clears throat> for having coupled sexually before uh, marriage. It's not you're not you're not going to hell for that. But the idea that well, sure you will if, if you're, you're not both, if you're not. If, if you're not a Christian, you might sure end up you in will. hell. Yeah, you might end up in hell. Yeah, maybe. But if you're if you're actively trying to figure it out and it doesn't work out, and you learn a lesson, and oops, that causes a you know the 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 failure. Right. This is the these are things I'm identifying that I don't want to do again. Or right, and you're, you're working on it. Um, I feel like that's well, probably a two things. Two yes. things. One, yes, you're right. And that is a perfect example of the regenerative power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. The ability... Well, on the other side of it... Well, the ability... The other side of it is that we... Can I finish this? The other side of it is that we have... Sure, sure. The, the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit in our lives is that when we make those bad habits, when we internalize those things, he is capable of fixing that if we ask him to. Go ahead. The other side of it is um, people will act like that's what they're doing, but they're using a loophole, right? If you are intentionally using a loophole, that is the evil. It right? is. Whether it, be, whether it be through any law or relationship, right? These things are not uh, just in one area. Well, and, and, you know, what I would say is that guys have this tendency there uh, young guys want to be wild and use women for their pleasure and the consequences that guys face for that long term emotionally are nowhere near as severe as women so when when a woman tent does that when he, when she sleeps around after a while actually becoming a an effective wife and committed helpmeet, it becomes really, really difficult. It's not equal. It's not the same. 
And so the fact that our society has got things so warped around that that sex is free and there's no cost to it, that's just a lie. There is a cost. I think the, And women pay the cost much more heavily than guys do. Yeah, I think we've certainly come full circle on that. Everybody's of the same opinion that that, that was a lie. Free, well, free love is not free. You're right, it's not free. And I think we've come full circle. But But the point that I'm making here is that and we've got this pendulum swing coming the other way. And we should take a break here in a second, then we can get to more of the MGTOW stuff. But but we've got this pendulum swing going the other way where guys are acting like women have a responsibility. The, the only woman they want to be their wife is one who hasn't slept around, but they aren't willing to hold themselves to that standard. And guys, if that's you, then you will face God's judgment for that. Okay, you will stand in front of him for that because that's wrong. Reality is, women pay the higher cost. And if woman is the glory of man, it is our responsibility as men to protect them and take care of them and not misuse or abuse them, regardless of what society says. I'm a little bit curious on that, if that is um, across the board, or is that your women? That's across the oh. board. Okay, so every man should uh, treat every woman as sacred? Every man should treat every other woman except his wife as a sister. If she's your sister, even if she's crazy, you will still treat her in a certain way. You will not abuse her. That seems reasonable. That seems a reasonable... Uh, now, if she's uh, shooting at you, that's kind of a different situation, right? But... Well, and I might not go work alongside my sister. Right? I oh, might not I... go work alongside my mom. I absolutely. And, and don't, don't misunderstand me. There are places where it is totally appropriate to have absolutely impenetrable boundaries between you and your family. When you can't not be hurt by them, if you let them into your life, you put up boundaries because if, if you don't have the boundaries, you're damaging yourself by letting them into your life. Well, you got to have boundaries. A, and it doesn't have to be a, um, a negative boundary. Here's a nice no. family boundary. Here's a nice family boundary. You write every day. Every day you put words on paper to, or now let's go. I try to. to, to, to right. In that time, are you putting up a boundary to keep your kids quiet and away from your workspace? Yep. Do, do you love your kids less because they can't make noise right then? No. I, I, I try not to love them less when they do make noise right then. That's, <laughs> that's me exercising my patience and my long-suffering. Sure, sure. But your so point's well that, taken. And, and, right, right. and so, I would just say, and, and this is a thing that people run into a lot in society right now, especially when it comes to relationships and close relationships, family or spouse, is that when, this, when someone violates you to a certain degree, that you are then allowed to treat them as a stranger. You are allowed to push them completely out of your life. And that's the wrong way to think about this. Instead, the way you want to think about it is, I have to have this boundary here to be healthy. If I grow to a point before the Lord where I am a healthy person completely, then I will be able to let them into a larger degree because 
they're not going to damage me as much because I'm healthy. But while I have these weak spots, I have to put up a boundary to keep them away from me. And I had to do that with my own family for a time. And there are still places where I do that some. But the point is, we are to love the people around us. And sometimes love means you kick them out of your house because they're, they're using you to get drugs. Sometimes love means you put up boundaries to keep yourself safe from them. But that doesn't mean that you have erased them from your life or they've become an enemy. Go ahead. My um, thought process here flows to the other side. If it's not you, you have to view um, how how someone's going to uh, to treat you based on what you can tell that they think. If someone thinks um, from the opposite side, from the the, the female side, that um, I am due, I'm you are required to treat me like a sister. You must defer to me. You right. You've now taken an, an authoritative master position, not a submissive. Well, okay, so in those circumstances, and I run into those people fairly often, right? In those circumstances, right. often the best thing to do is just to put up the boundary. Because, you know, unless you're married to them, when that, that makes things a lot more complicated and a lot harder. It's like the, the guy I was talking about earlier whose wife acted crazy. There was some of that going on. So... You know, when 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 it's someone who you can put up a boundary with, you put up a boundary and you be honest with them. You say, look, you know, I I care about you, but the way you're acting is destructive and I just can't have that be close to me because it's toxic. And, you know, if they take that wrong, that's their problem. You you have to speak the truth in love to people. You can't just walk away from problems. If you're not being truthful and loving about things, then you're failing them. You're not being, you're not being loving. And I would just back that up that you've got to, it's not comfortable. And in this day and age, we've had lots of cancellations and things can really, really damage your, your real life, right? You can have real consequences for standing up for what's right. And unless everybody does it, then I don't know how you move forward. And with that, Let's take a quick break. Yeah, let's do a quick break. Thanks, everyone. We'll be back, we'll be be back, back. in a second. Modern Apocrypha is brought to you by Bright Star, the forthcoming book by me, Jared Michaud, due to hit shelves April of 2024. For pre-release copies, head over to e6universe.com. Use the promo code ISRAEL for 10% off with your order. Modern Apocrypha is made possible by North Arrow Coffee. It's the pro-life coffee company where 15% of every sale goes to a pro-life cause. And it's so good that even us non-coffee drinkers love the company. Everybody I know who I have... Uh, given North Arrow Coffee to who is a coffee drinker, loves it. So the quality of the product is wonderful, and they're not a company that hates you. So if you're interested, head over to northarrowcoffee.co and use the promo code E6 for 10% off with your order.
and we're back. Welcome back, everyone. So we've been talking about uh, relationships um, in one sort of way. We, we've discussed uh, in previous uh, discussions sort of how the uh, the Bible is uh, more of an Old Testament group uh, perspective and the New Testament as an individual perspective. And I feel like we've discussed relationships on an individual perspective, but not uh, looked at a group perspective, which I, I think that is more where the MGTOW uh, slogan, MGTOW word, uh, tends towards not individual relationships per se. Anybody that takes that as an individual relationship is doing it wrong, but as a political movement, as a fight against the other side that's breaking apart marriage, uh, how is it useful or what is it doing? I think is the next place to go. So how would you look at relationships on a group level, a societal level? Well, I think as far as it goes, what I would say is that we've got we've got this pendulum swing going on, right? Where we've had this really dysfunctional feminist uh, attack on the values that made us important, that made us, or not important, that made us functional, okay? And the pendulum swing now that's coming back is going to try to attack a lot of the values that... It's going to attack um, the values that brought us down, but it's also going to attack other things that are good things, too. So we've got this sort of... Um, and I guess when I look at the when I look at the group dynamics, what I'm concerned about is seeing and, and I'm I'm pretty sure it's gonna happen, is seeing things like this whole the MGTOW movement internalize ideas that wind up being harmful instead of helpful because they because they throw the baby out with the bathwater or they take revenge instead of instead of restoring things to their proper place. Does that make sense? Right. The, the feminism has destroyed women's role and MGTOW is looking to destroy men's role as opposed to repairing everybody's role. Yeah. That's what I'm seeing. I certainly see that as, as the, uh, the two sides of the chessboard, both uh, destroying marriage. I can see that um, as an effect, but I don't know exactly what you do to combat the uh, disregard of men's roles. How do you how well, do you do that in courts? Because you're not dealing with a human; you're dealing with courts. Well, okay. So this is where we get back to where we're at in this country on a sort of a macro level right now. In a big picture level, we've got a lot of things getting ready to change really quickly in terms of political power in the world, and. As that happens, we're going to see law shift as well in terms of what's important and what's not, because who holds the political power is probably going to change significantly, which means how much we value those laws is going to change significantly. You know, when we're talking about marriage law, we don't put a whole lot of stock in what the Catholic Church says today in our legal system. They're a separate thing. You've got your church rules, and then you've got your legal system, and those are what's enforced. It used to be that the church rules were enforced a few hundred years ago. So 
we're getting ready to see legal system rules shift in a way that's... And, and, and I gotta be honest with you, when it comes to what's going on on the ground right now, it's really horrible and I don't know what to do exactly. We do have to fight that battle where we're faced with it. You know, if, if one of my kids were in the position of that one you were talking about earlier, that guy whose kid was kidnapped over state lines and it, having his manhood cut off, that whole thing... I would probably have been a lot less uh, reserved than he was. I would not have, I would not have held back. There would have been dead people by the time I was done. <laughs> and I, I'm was, not exaggerating. There would have been dead people. I know, I know, but you would not have paired with someone that have gone that way. And that, uh. I think. And I think that's probably partly why it hasn't happened to me is because I have always seen where these <clears throat> things could end up and I have been really, believe, really careful not to let it go, let myself get in that position. Go ahead. Do you believe in living in societies? Do you believe in living in societies that allow people to live there that don't follow your morals, right? We've got lesbians, we've got gays, we've got... Uh, uh, old men with young girls and that's vice versa. A, and... That's a really good question. I, I Yes, I do believe in that, but... So here's one of my worst possible outcomes. Two lesbians get a surrogate father, they have a baby together, then they get a divorce, and that father, despite not being a part of the relationship, is 100% uh, liable for the child. So the law being so... Okay, oddly so parsed, oddly parsed. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's see if in less than 10 minutes we can take this from the macro all the way down to the micro that you just present presented, okay? We live in a world that is that is sinful, that is falling apart, that has all kinds of ridiculous problems. We live in a society that is falling apart. It's got all kinds of ridiculous problems. It's got horrible things wrong with it. But above all that, there is a God to whom death is no bar. He doesn't care about death. He can fix death. Okay. And his work right now, his intent and his work is to redeem this world. And actually what I would love to talk about on another episode real soon is exactly that. What why is why are things this way? Why do we have evil in this world? Why do we have this craziness? But but for now we just have to say that it's there and that he's working to redeem it. And so when you march that down to an individual level, there's basically the rule of thumb as near as I can tell goes something like this. We are called to live according to what he wants us to, his law, not because it's his law, but because we want to please him and obey him. We're called to obey him, to live according to that as best we can. And if we do that, he will bless us and he will keep us out of a lot of those pitfalls that we're talking about. Meaning we will sow good things because we're listening to him. So we will reap good things because we've listened to him. Okay, because as you sow, so shall you reap. That doesn't go away. But where we haven't, and 
each of us has those places. There are places in my life where I haven't sown good things. In those places, he is still doing a redeeming work on the individual level. So in each of these circumstances where something bad is happening, God's got an answer for each one of them. And, and people ask, where is God when this bad thing is happening to this person? Where's God when this person is being hung? Where's God when this person is being taken out and whipped? Where's God when this person's being thrown off the top of a building? Well, the answer is he died on a cross in the most inhumane way they knew how to kill him. He was tortured to death for that person. And because of that, he gets to redeem that situation in some way. And I don't know how in each individual situation. I'm not that big. I'm not God. But I know that he's got redemption for each situation. It's there. People have to go looking for it. They have to accept it. They have to ask for it and walk it out. And it's like I was telling you about my aunt who got married to the guy doing stupid stuff. Well, he wasn't when they got married, but he sure, did. Sure. And in her situation, God gave her the grace and he redeemed the situation. He brought life out of it. And that's the result that he has for every single situation in the world if we ask it. And we may not see how that is, because like with so many things, the way God works is not always obvious to us. We don't always see the good in things, but we have the promise that he will. And I have always found that if I can't see the good in it and it's grieving me and I ask him, what are you doing here? He'll almost always give me a give me a window into it so I can see clearer. But only if I first give him the credit for being God and being faithful, and then he'll often satisfy my curiosity. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I, I still go back to the political movement, as it were. Mm -hmm. I could see the label still applying. Right, the, the, you could still be considered um, a part of the grouping to be fighting the political cause. Still live a, a fully religious life with a wife that was not on the government's uh, tracking. Yeah. Right, and that would help um, the the body politic make the decision that the way we're trying to track, they've figured out, and we we can't do that anymore. Right. Actually, so with the. This, what the government's looking for is money and control and whatnot. And what we're trying to get is relationships and uh, uh, validation and verification thriving. of our commitment. Mm, verification and validation of our commitment. Okay, I see where you're That's, going, yeah. But, right, right, but, so but our end goal is thriving. But yes, I, I'm with you. Well, and... and so, so the problem is, is, is you can't commit unless you... Uh, you voluntarily do so, and as it stands now, just by being in proximity of someone in, of the opposite sex, they can call you married after a certain period of time. And those sort of things. If you're are, living together, even they've had it. Uh, uh, some very wealthy man uh, did not live in the same residence, but uh, attended vacations together. 
right? They, they take any tack they can to get your money. It has nothing to do with relationships. Well, and like I say, the, the system is incredibly broken. We know that. We've, we've talked at length about how broken it is. So, so if you're voluntarily if you're voluntarily following the word of God in your relationships, but you're actively fighting against your your politics, those can work together. Sure. Like plenty of plenty of, of people have posted and said out loud that I love my partner. We've been together forever. We're never going to separate, but we're not sure if we're going to put it on paper because the taxes are bad, or you know, it, it puts a an undue. Um, uh, effect of law on things that we don't agree about about we as a couple don't think that we are saying that to each other so we're not going to put that on paper you can technically put a prenup in place um, and do things to uh, adjust your your contract under the government to align with your uh your commitment you you're able to do that but you're also able to get trapped in a commitment that you didn't give well and i, I guess what i would say here is something along these lines that that as with the individual circumstances where things are screwed up, the individual circumstances where things aren't screwed up, God's going to, he's going to lead you and he's going to protect you if you ask him to. And what that means is that if you're, if you're operating in the guidelines God's set down and you make a mistake, he will find a way to rectify it. You don't really have to sweat it he's gonna he's going to bring things about that that make it come out outright and that isn't always the case you know sometimes people are actually oppressed by the government we know that christ said they will hate you because they will hate you for my sake that the world is going to attack us because of that and that he isn't always going to make that you know he isn't always going to protect us from that but at the same time a lot of times he does a lot of times when we do things, it's like my uncle likes to put it this way. He says, it's like you're standing under an umbrella. And this is, for those who are in the Christian, the fundamentalist Christian community, this is going to uh, call some teachings to mind that are not so good. But if it's like you're standing under an umbrella. And if, you're, if you don't get out from under that umbrella, God will usually protect you from the all the crazy rain that's going on outside. But if you... And, you know, even if you accidentally do step out, he'll he'll remedy that over time if you let him. It's it's just a question of, in this case, like you say, you can use all the means in the world to try to protect yourself from bad things happening in this world, like the prenup thing, and it can come to nothing. Or you can you can set out in good faith to do what God has, you know commanded us to do and walk forward that way and trust him and things go wrong and he brings them back to right so we live in a we live in a pretty messed up world and and that was the other thing i was going to say earlier when i didn't get to number two number two is that as christians we are called to redeem as christ redeems the things around us and they aren't going to be fair and they aren't going to be fun and they aren't going to be easy. I think that's a, uh, an interesting place to go for that. I, I'm curious what your opinion on uh, red lines in the sand would be. <clears throat> we uh, are in a pendulum swing. We have certainly seen um, 
attacks on men's authority and and well-being in every single way what are red lines in the sand that are things that that we cannot allow to happen to our women here's an example hungary has um, made a law that you get 25 percent off your taxes per child up to four and they've got an average birth rate of four it's not higher not lower exactly four that has become a demon where if a woman is unhealthy and can't have four, she'll still force herself. If she is healthy and could have ten, she'll stop at four. Right? They've completely removed God from the situation at that point. Well, and, and this is why I would say that governments are generally evil. That that government is best which governs least. It is not the government's job to take money from one person and give it to another person or to tax you less for this or that or whatever. The government's only job, it has, it has two jobs. One is to provide for the common defense. Two is to enforce the, the rules, the laws, the necessary things that keep society together. When it moves outside of that, like, for example, you're talking about redistribution of wealth. Redistribution of wealth based on birth rates. That is not the government's job, and it will always cause evil when it goes outside of the job that it's supposed to have. Always. So what are the red lines in the sand? I don't know that I can draw red lines in the sand. All I can say is that when we see bad things coming, like this whole MGTOW counter pendulum swing thing, where we could have not just a reversal of the bad things that have come you know come to be in our society but a total um a total screw up in the other direction when the pendulum goes past center and we see all sorts of bad things coming into force when we see those things coming we ought to be preemptively pointing them out and saying this is going to turn into something bad. You can't do this. You can't treat women this way. And, you know, if I see a guy who's insisting that he gets to sleep around and do whatever he wants, but when he gets married, he's going to be, um, you know, he's only going to marry a woman who has never slept with anybody else. I'm going to hold him accountable. And if necessary, I'm happy to accomplish whatever justice is needed in his case because that's abusive and that's wrong. So when it comes to that excess, I can push back real hard on that and and treat him as is appropriate so that his evil does not become widespread. I can certainly agree with that. Um trying to think of other things that I would put down as, as unacceptable outcomes to uh, allow to happen. The uh, destruction of men's roles is the, the worry, right? Because MGTOW says, walk away from your role. Right. Um, and I would say, I would say that the difference between walking away from your role and um, not letting anyone else define your role, right? That comes from God. Um, That's right. Right. That, yeah. So, mm-hmm. The, the difference between standing your ground and walking away is a bit of a different thing, but what ground are you standing on is important. That's exactly right and very well put. Our 
the ground we stand on is the ground that God has established for us. And we don't need to be throwing mud at other people. <laughs> we just need to stand on the ground God has given us. And that's basically the way that all of the all of the good things in history, like we talk about slavery as if, I don't know, the left in this country likes to point to slavery without acknowledging who actually ended it. Do you know who ended it? Western civilization ended slavery. No other civilization sure. in history has ever ended slavery. Western civilization ended slavery. And the way we did it was by standing on the ground that God gave us. That ground is human beings have individual value because God made them. And you can't enslave another human being. Period. End. Dot. Nothing. Same with abortion. We have this ground. Human beings are held individ with individual value because that's value God gave them. You can't kill them. Not for your, you know, whatever pleasure you have. You can't do that. So I suppose that's the, the good place to end and the red line in the sand is uh, to hold your ground that every individual is important to God and it and should be as important to you. I suppose so. Thanks for coming, everybody. Like Thanks for coming. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>